to the podcast. I am Tiago Lima. And I am Tiago Malakias. And this is Things You Expat, your regular show on expat issues. Today, we will talk about who we are and what this podcast is all about. So stay tuned. And yeah, we have the same names. <laughs> Okay, Things You Expat is a podcast um, brought to you by me, Tiago, and um, Tiago. There, yes. Yeah. Hey, hi, Tiago. Hey guys, hey yeah. guys. So let's let's just start out by th talking about what is an expat, and then we will introduce you to our idea of this podcast. Seems like a brilliant idea. What is an expat? Explain to us what is an expat, Tiago. Well, according to Wikipedia uh, definition expatriate expat comes from the latin ex out of and patria native country fatherland so somebody that comes out of a yeah their native country and lives abroad and works abroad it can be a professional skilled worker artists taking positions outside of their home country so basically an immigrant yeah i would say both both um, concepts are the same no yeah i would say so what do you think but i think they are perceived differently Like mm -hmm. how so? Well, I, I think it, it has to do with the different generations of immigration that Europe experienced Europe and other countries. Uh, and since we are mm -hmm. living in Europe, I will I'll just give the, this example. I think this new generation yeah. um, uses the term expat much more often than the term immigrant, while previous generations of immigration from the 70s, 80s, and 90s they would use the Im immigration term immigrant. So it's kind of interesting how basically we used a, a, a different word because of the connotation that we associated the other word, meaning that uh, we use nowadays the word expat because in my opinion, immigrant has a, mm -hmm. a not a bad connotation, but maybe a bad, a yeah, that's a strong word, a right? negative connotation. A negative. I don't know. Like, what do you think? I would say old fashioned connotation. Um, I think that's too light. I think a less inclusive connotation. Mm, maybe I, I say this because I don't know. I remember when we were kids and we had uncles or grandparents or parents that were immigrants. Like there was always that term that I, I don't know. It's like a nostalgia term associated with it. Like oh, poor family that has people abroad. Like. Uh, The country you had to leave your country to go work and sweat and get money so you can bring money and support your family. Yeah, is that what you're talking exactly. about? Exactly. And nowadays, if you say, "Ah, my my son is is working in I don't know Switzerland or Belgium," that's in your case. I think people mm -hmm. like would say, "Ah, great opportunities!" Like uh, you went for it. Mm -hmm. Don't don't you agree with it? I think this is quite. Yeah, I do. I think this is very historical as well because. Uh, Let's look at the 17th century, for instance, uh, when Portuguese sailors went across the world on their ships. I mean, that was their job and that's how they supported their families back at home. And, and uh, there was this, this ritual of saying goodbye and, and not knowing if they will ever come back. But you would get the, um, that, that support. Yeah, they would perceive their um, heroes at the time. Yes, Exactly. And that was leaving and changing. Yeah. And then, and then with the, with the has means that transportation got easier, 
by steamship, by train, nowadays by airplane, uh, it became more liberal. And I think one of the first modern concepts of immigration is indeed what we call the immigrant, the person who goes abroad, establishes a community of people who have the same culture background and the same language background, and it feels a bit closed off in some cities and in some places. Uh, but I think it's just a, a cultural consequence. Okay, and so basically you're saying that the immigration, let's say, from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, as a, a, the main cultural difference is that when they go abroad, they are integrated in basically a different community within the receiving community meaning like for example if you are spanish and you go abroad you would just if you say if we are talking about the 70s 80s and 90s you would be integrating your spanish mm -hmm. community in belgium or in switzerland or in france for example and you would live within that community that's what you're saying yeah i think that's uh, that's accurate but then like what explains the the variation in the perception that people have about immigration for example as as you were saying like in the discovery times like people were seeing those immigrants as heroes then came the 900s and the immigration got like uh, i wouldn't say yeah ma mainly a nostalgic connotation like oh poor them that are working abroad and nowadays it's regaining some some emphasis and some positivity around it like they are going for a new opportunity abroad they are expanding their knowledge expanding their horizons because it's mobility mobility is so much easier nowadays that it doesn't feel like yeah. you're leaving because you have to it feels like you are leaving because you want yeah, to but the, the, the heroes in the 500s the 1500s i mean like the mobility was clearly an issue at the time they were still perceived <laughs> as, human, like, as a good thing so yeah there is ups and downs in this uh, history, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> but you were saying something quite interesting there, like uh, because we are so close to these uh, immigration from the nine the nineteen hundreds, like seventies, eighties, and nineties, yeah. and still we feel that yeah. we are a different type of immigration. Uh, and even yeah. we uh, like um, we adopted a new description for us. So my question is like, what Expand. do you think? It's the main difference. Like we have talked about this a few a few times, but yeah. I I think this this has to do with a uh, with what I said before. So, an immigrant is then somebody who moves abroad and lives in a foreign country, but uh, still has uh, lives among people that are alike, so that speak the same languages and that have the same cultural background. Um, and the difference between an immigrant and an expat, in my opinion, is that an expat does not necessarily have the same cultural background. Me, when I moved abroad. I began interacting with people who were also expats, but with different cultural backgrounds. So colleagues that were from Serbia, from the United Kingdom, from Germany, you name the countries. Um, and what we all had in common was the English language and the fact that we are working in a similar situation. And, and we all speak yeah, that, that was our community, the international community. Yeah, okay, yeah, um, I, I, see, I see your point. So basically, as an expat, you're still integrating within a community, but that community just expanded due to the language facility because we are uh, the lucky yeah. generation that actually learned English since we were kids. And that's made a, mm -hmm. that's the main difference. And, and I think you're quite right because, uh, well, uh, just as a background, I've lived in Belgium, in the Netherlands, and now I'm living in the United Kingdom, in Northern Ireland. And that's exactly right, because there is no language barrier between me and the locals. Then I'm also integrated with the local community and much less with the expats. So, so 
Like, mm-hmm. so would you say that you are an expat or are you <laughs> British? No, I'm an expat for sure. I'm not British. <laughs> Although I'm adopting a lot of costumes, like drinking tea with milk, which was some, a no-no before before I came here, and now it's a, a common recurrent thing. So I will, I will not comment on uh, this. Mi- what m- <laughs> milk on water? But yeah, but but basically, so we are saying that let's say like there are three levels of, of, of immigration or three main levels which we like culture, language mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, basically two levels, cultural and language. And if you have, yeah, I think there are two criteria. Yeah. So if you have these two criterias and you fully manage the local language, then you are fully like qu- almost fully integrated. You're integrated. Yeah. Yeah. You can probably just ask for the nationality and voila, there you yeah. go. You did it. Check it off your list. Yeah, so that's a quite interesting. Like, uh, although we want to use a different definition, we end up like uh, not facing the same adversities, but but similar ones, but uh, within different communities. Ours, uh, the the new community of immigrants is like international, is global because everyone from different countries is the same situation. While few some decades ago, some dec- some decades ago was more into the same type of language so language was the main barrier while now the main barrier is the local language i would say yeah but you still learn and speak the local language at least in the 70s people would immigrate and then they would make an effort to learn the local language but they would still be different yeah because of the cultural setting that they would want to live in Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I see. I see your point. And today we we are still different because we live in the cultural international setting. Uh, so you only become really integrated when you are a hundred percent fluent and you adopt the customs and the culture as well. And I think that is the third and last level of moving abroad. Yeah. But then, like, wouldn't you think that you would lose your a bit of your personality or individuality because you were born in a different country and obviously you are portuguese and you you like the portuguese mm-hmm. customs or most of them i would say that for example like i wouldn't say uh, i wouldn't say that i would like to lose that to be fully integrated i don't think i need to lose that to be fully integrated i think it's just mm-hmm. a term in terms of acceptance you know like for example for you and for me we started seeing the world with no border is more like where are the opportunities and if i would like to live in that place or not and mm-hmm. like obviously we have our backgrounds and that will always follow that will always follow yeah and that that definitely shapes who you are and know where you go i mean if becoming fully integrated in somewhere does not exclude who you are in your background i think it just emphasizes it okay yeah I see. I see what you mean with adopting the local costumes. I see. It's not like you have to lose your own. It's just more about like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a substitution. It is an addition. Yeah. For example, a classic like the the dinner time. That's quite a, a quite important yeah. fact. Like <laughs> in Portugal, you just have dinner at eight, nine, ten. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 quite interesting indeed. But in the end, it's all the same. Immigration expats in the five, 1500s, 900s, or 2000s, it's all the same. It's yeah. just a matter. We're all people living in a different country away from everything we knew. Yeah. And, and discovering new things. And it's enlightening. I yeah. think one day we will make an episode about uh, how this opens or how this changes your point of view. Yeah. Uh, what do you say that we take a small break now and we'll get back to you with our personal histories? Great. you know that the kingdom of portugal was started by a rebellious teenager that revolted against his own mother 
So basically, Teresa was the the regent of the Count of Portugal that was under the influence of the king in, Kingdom of Leon. Afonso was unhappy with his mother ruling of the count, and basically with his friends, he started a battle against her, and they won. And he became the Count of Portugal. And after the, the victory, he locked her in a prison. So imagine this, locking your mother in a prison. And he started his own count. And after a few years, he decided that he didn't want to be under the influence of the Kingdom of Leon. So he became the Kingdom of Portugal. And after that, he started conquering down, battling the Moors. And Portugal became the oldest country in Europe in 1139. so let's uh, get back to work let's do it so um, you left it hanging like why did we move abroad why are we expats yeah i think the title expat stories already tells you that there's stories coming so so i can start on that like i can take the question and answer it for myself like oh no <laughs> i think there are a lot of reasons <laughs> why, why a person would move abroad but uh, why did you move abroad I think I was, I was educated. I was raised to do it. Like I, I have an older brother that lived abroad since I was a kid, and I mm-hmm. never felt it as a disadvantage. I always like looked up to him. Like, okay, that's really cool what you're doing and the traveling, yeah, the travels that really he was nice. able to do. And my parents. So when you were growing up, your brother was already living abroad for a long time. Or? Yeah, well, I think he moved abroad when I was around 12, 11, 12. Okay. So all right. So since then, you've seen how how it is, yeah. and I've never felt it as a um, a negative thing. I always looked up at it, and my parents were mm-hmm. quite keen on uh, for for me to learn English. So yeah, those things, it's the basic tools for you to want to move abroad. And then I think mm-hmm. we were a quite lucky generation with the Erasmus programs. Like that's would yeah that that definitely kickstarted a lot of people yeah. into the expat life. So basically, my first experience abroad, besides some trips abroad, were was the Erasmus experience, like six months in the Netherlands. Yeah, traveling, yeah, but traveling is not, not the, same the same as living abroad. And we should definitely note this. And because I loved that experience, I, I just thought, okay, I see myself living abroad. And then at a time mm-hmm. around 2010, 12, 13, 2013, like. Portugal was in a huge recession, so there was no incentives to actually stay in the country to work because it was badly paid, no opportunities. So because I already had the idea to go abroad and I had the opportunities. You just added one plus one. Yeah, and then boom, boom, go. go. And I've been living abroad for the last six years and I've never regretted it for one second and it has been a a great experience and the advantages... Let's let's go back a little bit. Uh, you did your Erasmus where? In Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Yeah. And how was that? It was great. It was um, a technological city with one single university, engineering, it, the uh, engineering university. For how long were you there? Uh, just six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, a whole semester. Yeah. 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 Some people do a whole year. Yeah. And, uh, and that's really kickstarted your, your will, your, your, your willingness, let's say, to go abroad. Yeah. Uh, all right, and, you, and and then what was the next step? The next step was coming back to Portugal to finish my yeah. masters. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, but the next expat step. The next step after that was I, I wanted to do a PhD abroad. Uh, at the time, mm-hmm. I, at the time, my curriculum 
my CV was not impressive. I just had the degree. So I did one more year of research in Portugal and then I moved to Belgium to do my PhD. And uh-huh. that added an extra four years and a half into my international experience. And from mm-hmm. that point, I finished my PhD. And since last August, I came to Northern Ireland. So Okay, so some, some contextualization yeah. here. So it was during this PhD that we met. I was also in the same conditions. And uh, that's kickstarted a lot of things that eventually led us to, to where we are right now, making a podcast about being an expat. But you as well, like your international experience also started yeah. with an, an, an Erasmus program, right? Yeah, I, I also did an Erasmus, uh, but this one was in Belgium. So I didn't really go so to so many places like you did. I mean, Netherlands and then Belgium, and now you are in Northern Ireland. So I'm still still on my way to become a true expat. But at least one, one country I've been living in solidly, Belgium. So I did my Erasmus here as well. Uh, around the same time, uh, 2012. Uh, it was also six months. Uh, it was actually a bit shorter. Um, but it was an incredible experience. It went very well. Uh, I, I did a second Erasmus uh, project. I did my master's thesis uh, already here in Belgium as well, in a different city, in Leuven. Um, and then they liked my project so much that they, they offered me a position to, to, to do a PhD there. And, and I just took it. Because, as Tiago said, the the situation in Portugal was a bit critical, and I I wanted to live abroad for longer and and to try. Yeah, but for know, example, before you did experience. your Erasmus, did you already have a had a motivation yeah. to go abroad, or was it just like your first idea? Okay, let's try it out. Like because I had motivation to go abroad for question. yourself. Yeah, that is an excellent question. So uh, I do not have. Uh, history like you have of people going abroad in the family. Uh, I have some family on my mother's side that moved and lived for many years in Angola and Mozambique. Uh, but then because of colony issues and let's not uh, talk about wars, yeah. um, people moved back. But it's it's not a direct connection and I was never uh, really within that feeling and spirit. So I never really understood that. Um, for me, it was more of a a discovery okay. thing. I, I was always a very curious person since I was young. I remember my mother telling me uh, when I when we went on a trip to, to the country house, uh, I was always asking questions. Like, what is that? What is that? What color is that? Why does this do this? And, and one day, they decided to take me to drive at night because, you know, Tiago is going to be sleeping. And you were it's not. It's going to be great. You were not. And he, will, he won't ask so many questions. I asked about every star in the sky. What's its name? How far is it? <laughs> so, so I think I was always very curious about different exper- uh, experiences and going places. And also, I, I never grew up trying many things. So it's it's quite puzzling. Um, so when when I was in my masters at the end of my bachelor's, uh, I was with a couple of friends and we talked about, yeah, let's do an Erasmus. Let's all go try to go together. For the party. And we tried. It was not for the party. It was for the experience. And because we liked... I mean... Yeah, that's how you sell to your parents. Together like, and it's for the experience. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, continue, continue. Well, we wanted to do it. And uh, we tried, but it didn't work out because they wouldn't accept three people in the same yeah. uh, university. So we split. And, and I don't know. Since then, I just loved the, the being abroad experience and the fact that you learn so much yeah. that I think I just 
always keep learning. I, I, I love learning about new things. Uh, I'm learning about sharks now. But but that's crazy that, for example, like uh, when we say that we are expats and we, we move abroad, like, for example, if you consider, like, this is just a, a mind-boggling thing. Like, if you consider, for example, the America, the distance that we travel from home are not comparable to people moving within the, the States. So it's like, you, yeah. it's a, a different mentality of, of, of moving, you know? Like, you are still so close to yeah, home. Yeah, but, but this... But this But it's quite different. I, I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, please, in the comments. Um, but if, if you're in the US and you move to the to another town, let's say four hours driving from where you are, do you consider like you immigrated or expatriated? No. Uh, in my opinion, no. Yeah. Because culture is the same, probably. You're n okay, culture, maybe culture changes a little bit or in language changes a little bit, but it's not the same level of difference has in europe the same distance or less that's true uh, it's just quite a uh, like just my mind flew there for a bit just like i was thinking about it like you want to go to the us but um indeed like and something that's it's incredible like because you and me did the erasmus and we know a lot of people that did the erasmus and that just started the whole mm -hmm. thing like I also think like this Erasmus uh, program that you can go abroad for six months or one year to study in a different university. Also, I, th I think it will be really positive for the forthcoming generations because it just breaks the concept of of country and 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 borders and just brings together the concept of European Union and that we can just move mm -hmm. and meet people from different countries but still within the same union. And that's it's quite incredible. Like we are the first generation in in Europe that just do, does, did not grew with the we did not grow with the concept of of borders because we knew we could always travel, we could always work, we could always mm -hmm. study. And that's I think it's just a, a huge change of mentalities, and it's a huge advantage for for our generation and for the future generations as well. And. Yeah, that, that is that is really and true. And within our group of friends, uh, we know that most of them did Erasmus. So it's like there is a a huge part of the population in Europe that has this mentality of like just moving within within countries and cities and jobs and just using the 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 European Union as a as a platform to to to, to learn and to mm -hmm. to live abroad. I think from that point of view, it is fantastic and definitely privileged to live yeah. in the time and the place we do. Yeah. Well, but I think this this discussion about the European Union and probably the the, the concept the conceptual difference between the states and Europe will need to stay for another episode. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think now maybe our listeners really want to know what is this podcast going to be about? Well, it's just, I would admit this will be two guys rambling about living abroad in Europe and their personal experiences. Today was the first try and I think there will be always a line of of discussion but we will stray away from it quite often as you've seen and we'll just go yeah this is this is a an opinion yeah. podcast let's say just two friends talking about whatever they think but honestly i i am very interested in sharing about expat experience yeah. i i want to see i want to know what people wear in the streets where you live i want to know i want to tell people that people in brussels are very interesting as well and events that are going on and maybe i want to call somebody in sweden and discover what it is about so i think we have a lot of potential here to to discover more places and to talk about more places so if you want to talk with us if you want to hear more about us please 
let us know. Yep, that's basically it. And um, w- if you are interested in our stories, if you want an episode about our stories, we'll just be glad to do it as well. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes, and we'll just go with the flow. Yeah, expat stories is a part of things you expat. So let's let's hope you expect you you expect. Oh, I messed it up, didn't I? Yeah. I messed you it expect up. a lot Maybe of good things. Yeah. Okay. See you next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Things You Expat. And see you in the next episode. Don't forget to leave us a rating in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 